Hi there. I'm Kelly Winzanowicz, and I want to welcome you to The Open Door. I am the creative producer, director for Waking Way Productions, and the administrator and occasional instructor for Legendary Living Arts. I'm also an award-winning author under the pen name of Kelly Cameron, and before that, I spent 30-plus years as a gymnastics coach, a coach developer, and a learning facilitator. With me today is my co-host, Kelly Willen-Enns. He is the founder and head instructor for Legendary Living Arts and the creative producer for Waking Way Productions. And so, Kelly, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. I am a martial artist. I am a personal trainer certified just recently. I have three to five years training in the martial arts, starting with Western boxing and judo when I was a kid. And I have spent the last 20 years focusing on the Chinese martial art of Bagua, Xingyi, and Chen Tai Chi, as well as having had the privilege of learning a very rare Chinese uh, medical Qigong art of Lohan Gong and Shaolin Wun Finger Zen. I am also certified at Gatsu Level 1 in both Seal Club, Mace, and Kettlebells. And I've been a lifelong learner, lifelong enthusiast of physical discipline, and I also have training and facilitate meditation classes uh, that are a combination of my 30 years, 35 years of meditation, and include, including elements of Taoist, Buddhist, and uh, Tibetan Buddhist methodology, as well as the, 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 the commonly uh, understood Mahayana and Theravada Buddhism. Yeah, and I started taking your Qigong classes quite a few years ago now, I think, maybe eight, almost about, nine about years ago. About eight years, yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's fascinated me, the movement-wise and, and all the blood movement and the fascia tendon engagement, mm -hmm. like as a movement instructor, mm -hmm. it was quite something to learn how to do that. It felt really, even though it's simple, it's kind of, it was very difficult at first. And just this past spring, uh, we put your classes online on a, on a Zoom platform. Yes, yeah, right? yeah, well, given the, the current situation with the whole COVID issue, taking classes online and having the, the um, in-person classes no longer able to be done in person, putting them online was sort of like the, mess, the next best thing. Yeah, and that's where our, we decided to give birth to the podcast because some of our participants really enjoy some of the discussions that we've had and the information that we've shared. So we wanted to start this. And eventually we are going to have guests uh, at some point to discuss everything from martial arts, writing, health and wellness, and everything in between. So today, earlier we were discussing our ability or to develop our ability to step into the observation of our thoughts and our behavior patterns. And Kelly, do you want to start us off with some thoughts on that? Sure. Um, after 35 years of meditation and training in various methodologies, it's become quite clear to me that there are some very specific misconceptions about the kind of tools and the kind of things that a person should be aware of when they are either learning meditation or when they are meditating and when they are developing deeper aspects of their awareness through meditation and how to keep from being in a meditation practice that is actually only a mental game because meditation is about sitting with yourself and the biggest problem people actually have is sitting with themselves without their monkey mind or their, their fear-based programmed ego mind hijacking their experience 
and telling them what they are experiencing. So there's a very, very specific difference in understanding stillness and observation from the real space of observation that is not a mental projection or is not a story that you are telling yourself. And the reason why this is really important to understand is because the difference can only be understood through feeling it in your body. You have to have enough experience developed in both mental and physical discipline to be able to understand the difference of when you are in your head versus when you are in your body and in your heart and observing your head. And that's the big thing that I want to share with everyone in, in these discussions and these podcasts, and especially my meditations. And we kept on getting onto this topic in literally all of all of the classes that are online now because people would ask questions and that's where I would start to explain things from. And people just started asking more and more questions and, and we'd talk more and more. So instead of talking inside the classes, we felt that uh, building a podcast around all this information was what was necessary. Yeah, because one of the topics we were talking about is the masks that we put on when we go into public yep. or the masks other people put, put on to go into different situations yep. and why sometimes we feel the need to sort of put up the armor to protect ourselves yep. and things like that. Mm -hmm. To identify that feeling, right? Because I'm like listening to myself inside and feeling if there's any anxiety or fear or judgment coming up and disciplining myself to stop that and, and to buffer that. And then realizing after a certain amount of that discipline where I'd get more and more quiet inside, where I, or I'd go out and people were so much louder. Because I'd gotten quieter, everyone else was so much louder because I'd identified in myself the patterns of thought and the patterns of feeling attached to certain energies or, or certain personality traits, if you will, that get exhibited and expressed uh, outwardly in social situations. They're the kind of masks that people wear outside in the world. When we go inside and we listen to ourselves and we take off our masks inside our hearts, inside our own awareness, we can be like chameleons out in the world without having to change our masks or put on a mask because we become still inside through observation, discipline, and meditation on the discipline of building that habit, building that as our natural space to be in is that quiet stillness. It reflects back at people what they want to see because they're projecting outwards. So there's no need to be in defense mode or have armor on or anything like that. Being quiet and being still inside and being able to meditate and observe that space gives you so much more depth, so much more layers of buffering and, and defenses that are not based on fear, but that are based on acceptance, allowance, and love. And it's very, very, very different. And this is one of the things that I have never heard anyone talk about in terms of the changes that you experience going through the, the, the process of disciplining yourself and becoming aware and giving yourself this new space. Like a lot of people talk about the ego and the intellect and what the ego does with 
it is patterns, right? But I, you know, the, the, the people out there that are talking about stuff are not talking about the mechanics of the feelings of, of the energy because a lot of people don't want to talk about the energy. They don't want to talk about the mechanics of feeling because your feelings are your reflections of your patterns and your projections. And people do not want to accept that your projections actually have form. It can be like a slap in the face walking into a room. And that was one of the things that I learned by going out and going to live shows and going to dances and also driving in the morning through rush hour is how loud people think <laughs> and how yeah. you can, you know, looking in the rearview mirror, it's like, oh, there's this big black truck about like seven cars back. Oh, he's looking at that open space between those four cars. He's going to speed up and zoom through traffic and he's going to cut people. And like 30 seconds later, there you go. People think so loud. Thoughts are so loud if people are undisciplined. And the, the thing about being disciplined and, and stepping into observation is that the process involves you controlling your thoughts and your feelings. It's not about just letting everything go, let go and let God. That's because if you just let go of stuff, you are not being responsible. You're giving your power away in a completely different way that is promoted as being more spiritual and being more righteous and being I think more... you're you're just throwing it out there right when you do yep. that you throw it yep. out you don't you don't really you're not controlling it yep. or, or observing it you're just going well exactly. letting it go and let everyone else deal with it and if i can add something mm -hmm. when because we were talking about kids before as i think we don't realize like kids especially like because they're younger they are really sensitive that then when they go to school they do pick up on that they pick up there and they're always observing they're always looking at is my teacher upset today is are my friends sad or is this bully yep. gonna bother me like yep. there's always that like they're always looking they're always feeling for those things and I don't know that we teach them enough because we don't know like I know it's taken me a long time to understand how to do it for myself how to let them like how to be present and to actually observe that because I know a couple of my children lately have even said to me yeah like when I go to school I'm always like when people are talking I'm wor I start I, I catch myself worrying about well what if I said this are they going to be upset or if I said that am I going to be are they going to laugh at it, you know, no, or no. maybe I shouldn't say anything. And, and they're sort of filtering and censoring themselves because they're, they're, they are feeling so much around and it's hard for them to be themselves. And then of course they, you know, have all these insecurities about themselves, I think. And I think that's true for a lot of people, like you were saying earlier, that you didn't really have that you never really filtered anything yeah, through that yeah. when you were a kid and a teenager but I think a lot of I know I did when I was a teenager that's exactly what I did and I know my kids have kind of followed that too because you're not you're just not sure about the world and I think that the more you do go inside and the more you become sure of yourself mm. and you feel secure in yourself you can go out into the world because it is the world that's not you know, certain, I guess. Yeah. Right. But, but, we, not, can, not stable but we can yeah. be how if yeah. we're stable yeah. emotionally and, and being responsible, we can, if things get thrown at us, we can go, Oh, okay. How do, how do I want to deal with that? I don't have to react. I can, I yeah. can you yeah. know, take the time exactly. to go. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, so there's, so the, the, um, there's an experience recently 
you're reminding me of uh, the feeling of being back in school. Like when I was younger and going to school out in the country, uh, my dad and I recently went and got groceries on uh, this a couple of days ago. And we went into this little country grocery store and it literally felt like I was back in grade five. And it literally like all the pressure and all of the projections of like, why is this guy so different? Why is this guy so different? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Like, what's so, what's so different? Like, what's going on? Like, everyone's shadows, everyone's eagles are just like the pressure. And I was like, going, whoa, what? Like, oh my God, I feel like I'm back in like grade school. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh my goodness. And it was just like a palpable right. thing. It was like, I couldn't wait to get out of the store, but I had to like, you know, my dad's doing groceries and I'm like waiting on him <laughs> and having to be patient. And I'm just like, everybody, like the pressure, the fear, not just like from it, you know, being the pandemic and stuff like that. But the fear of like me being so different and shaking people mm. up energetically and just me being myself and relaxed in the midst of that was freaking people out emotionally. You know, we're supposed to like social distance and stuff like that. And I would have, I have people like doing triple takes at me. I'm going, I'm just like grabbing some broccoli. What, what's going on? Like, I'm not what? even close to you. I'm not even close to you. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And, and, and it's making me, you know, realize like, uh, you know, now, now that you, like you brought up what you just brought up in terms of that space of how you guys filtered, mm-hmm. like how much I ignored when I was a kid, like how much I just cut right through everything when I was a kid without even understanding the kind of pressure I was under. And well, maybe that's why you had that experience was to yeah, actually yeah, understand I mean, that's that, exactly what, what you're able to cut it, through where yeah. a lot of people have to really work at it yeah, or become I, conscious of it first. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what I'm feeling is I like I, I had this experience and it's still like percolating. And it's not that I've like been grumpy since, but it's just <laughs> been like, you know, part of me has been going, well, what the heck? You know, it's like, how how are people like, how did I deal with that? Like, like literally, like, you know, from my Friday experiences, like, how did I get through that without like losing my, my cool? Like, how did I, you know? And I, and it just, and it reminds me like that, that experience of, of going to school out in the country and being so different from everybody, not being Catholic, not yeah. being French, coming from a family where both my parents worked. Yeah. We're that, not a, yeah, we're not a fa- farming family. It's just like, whoa. Yeah. And the constant bombardment day in, day out. As soon as I got on the school bus, it was like, you know, my, my, my energetic defenses were up. As soon as the school bus literally got within like a hundred feet of me, I was like, okay, school time, armor filters, click, 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 you know, turning everything on just so I could get through the day. And as soon as I got off the bus, it'd be like, you know, I, I would be a completely different person. And this experience going, going grocery shopping again, like we've been to this grocery store before and I was, I was aware of it. I was aware of this feeling of, of pressure and, and, and constriction and tightness. But like the, a couple of days ago when I went grocery shopping with my dad, it was just like someone had a foghorn, like one of those handheld foghorns were going <laughs> like in my here's face. All. Like Here, for the, here's everyone's projection. Yeah, exactly. for like the whole hour that we were there. I'm just going and I got hot. Like my 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 whole my arms, my hands, like I looked down at my hands and my I was so warm, like my hands were almost beat red and I was sweating. And I'm like standing in place. I was sweating. I wasn't like running a marathon or anything like that, but I was sweating. And when I, you know, we got the protective gloves, I took my gloves off and they were just soaked inside. I'm going, okay, garbage. Awesome. Goodbye. But yeah, it's it's sort of one of those things that made me realize is like how much I was feeling, how much I felt when I was a kid, how much I wasn't aware of and acted so instinctively, so naturally. Like there's a lot of things that I'm consciously aware of now 
that I was so naturally aware of and able to do when I was a kid. And it's just like, wow. Like I, you know, I had no idea, but like going back, it's like the feeling was exactly the same, like being in grade five and six and constantly having kids taunt me and constantly having, you know, kids trying to bug me just because I'm so different. I think that's that that's an age for that too, hey? Oh, oh because yeah, I well, know, absolutely. I know for me, like I was okay up until about, or at least I felt, well, that's not true. I was, I was a little insecure before then too. I think at around that age, I think you start to become conscious that you're insecure because you've had all these experiences. Because I know before that, I don't really, I remember not feeling so good about certain things, but not really understanding why. And I think maybe that's the age that you start to become aware of the fact that you're conscious that I'm, I'm scared of this or I'm, or, or something. I don't know. Cause it seems to be an age, an age. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, I, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And you're, you're reminding me like I'm, I'm feeling the, the, the memories again come up and there, there's uh, one of my best friends uh, had two sisters who both had like huge crushes on me the entire time we were in school. And Oh my God, did they like bug me and, and, make fun of me like even with the smallest things like if if i walked onto the school bus and had to like stomp snow off my boots they would make fun of that like like no, any, just any just anything anything to get anything to interact with me in a way that they <laughs> oh felt safe God. it was yeah. usually like bugging me and yeah. trying to make fun Teasing. of me yeah and even thing. as a kid i was like what are you doing like what are you doing if you want to talk to me just talk to me and they'd be like it's like, oh, oh I can't, I can't. It's like, what? It's like, oh, you want to, and like, then they'd be like, oh, you want to talk? Oh, I'm going, what do you want to talk about? I'm going, what do you want to talk about? And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, like, oh, I'm going to go over here now. I don't miss the playground. I, I don't that. miss, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> but like, even as a kid, I understood how to confront that. I understood, like, it's like, mm-hmm. you're like, people are like, why are you being stupid? And I would, I would say that to like, when my friends got stupid like that and they start to bug me I'd, I'd, I'd let it go like why are you being stupid like well, just you want to what do you like what do you want to talk to me about well i don't know i would say well there's all like you know it's like i knew this as a kid but you know being out at the farm helped me ground an awful lot being out in the country helped me ground an awful lot but man once i moved into the city it was, it was super super hard and began to realize what that difference was and now like looking back yeah i was just like <laughs> revisiting yeah. all those all those feelings from like being in grade school and just having it all like in my face going oh my god this whole this whole universe yeah. this whole paradigm has not changed so you can integrate in, it yeah in, in 40 it. years it's not you know going wow but yeah like having that experience so that i could look back and integrate and understand how much more like accept how much more i really understood as a kid when i was younger how much I could feel and uh, that I felt just as much as I do now. I mean, now I'm a lot more clear on the actual mechanics, you know, and the, and the mechanics of being present and why um, and how, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking back and digesting how my constant discipline has really affected that and made those kinds of experiences so much more concrete and easy. And it's just so easy to understand now where before as a kid I was going, uh, you know it's like oh i don't like this you know this is uncomfortable i don't like this and i just like hold my space and go grr as <laughs> a kid right so i don't i don't like this it's like i'm just gonna be like i'm gonna pout or i'm gonna be mad or whatever so i'm just gonna wait until this is over and then we're then we're good right and you know i'm not understanding that what i was doing is i was i was holding my own space my own energy against other people's projections 
And that's what was actually making me uncomfortable. And I didn't understand that when I was, you know, I didn't have that framework when I was a kid. Being able, being able to feel and, and have that, that concrete space of, of witnessing what we do, how we do it, and why we do it is really, really important. And this, the thing about meditation or sitting with ourselves, uh, meditation is not uh, a spiritual practice. It is a tool. The spiritual practice is the actual action of listening inside, listening to the space that we are holding, listening to what we are feeling and what we are choosing to see about what we are feeling. Meditation is just an action and a tool, and it is not a spiritual thing. I mean, I mean, to get really technical, everything that we do is spiritual because we are spirit and body. We are our souls and body. We are our, our souls having a physical experience because this is what this reality is all about. This is how it works. There, there's no, I mean, you can get into, you know, the, the religiosity or the, the, the mysticism of this, that, and the other thing, but it boils down to being able to hear and listen and being able to accept the space that you're in and to listen to the space that you're in. And that is a spiritual practice. Listening and communication is a spiritual practice. Meditation is, to me, is a reflection of wanting to understand that space. Not a need, although it very well is a need because everybody wants connection. Everybody is looking for whether or not they understand it or not, whether or not they are conscious or not, everyone is looking for that connection inside. Uh, some of us have um, more understanding of that because we've always, you know, we've had repetitions of this search in many embodiments and you know there we can get into like reincarnation and a whole other level of of uh reality or quantum mechanics if if you will um meditation is about listening and listening in, in a space where you are able to feel and accept what you feel Meditation is about building that relationship with yourself so that you can hear yourself. That is the spiritual bridge. You have to be willing to listen. And the real spiritual action is choosing to have the courage and the courage to stop yourself and look at everything that is coming up and to list everything that you are feeling and why and how and let yourself feel it and let yourself track back to that origin point of where everything started and the only way you can do that is through listening letting yourself feel and letting yourself listen to what you are feeling no matter what is coming up no matter what your monkey mind tries to do you want to be able to give yourself the space of accepting and allowing yourself to feel everything. Everything that our limited ego minds, like our, our linear mental projection programming, our conditioning will judge as wrong uh, or bad or evil. A perfect example for me as a martial artist, I had to come to terms with how brutal and violent the martial arts were. And how my 
Hart wanted to understand the refinement of movement that was inside the martial arts. So I had to come to terms with accepting the fact that I know how to hurt people with my bare hands. I know how to kill people with my bare hands, but that is not my motivation. But I had to listen to that space. I had to listen to that space that the monkey mind wanted me to judge myself for understanding how to be so violent with myself and with others and how to see past that whole concept of violence to understanding that is an education opportunity to understand how to be present in the midst of something that my ego is scared of in the way that we are scared of our own shadow, our own feelings and what we have in our hearts that we're not looking at because we're not listening because we're not taking the time to discipline ourselves and go inward and listen and feel understanding chaos and violence that is in our minds is essential is is super super essential to being able to feel our true selves because we've been conditioned to ignore violence and to suppress violence and to judge violence as bad physical violence i mean especially right you know we get desensitized to it so that we accept it except there's a part of ourselves that inside internally we suppress it and push it away as something that's bad and yet we do not look at how violent our minds actually are with our judgment our fear our anxieties our self-denial and our belief in our limitations we do not look at how violent we are with ourselves so if you're not looking at violence of your mental projections, you are not looking at yourself. You are not understanding the true nature of your conditioning, understanding how violent you actually are or can be with your mental projections and how that affects you and how that you know, impacts other people or can or, or has in the past is really, really important. And it's not about judging yourself. It's not about like looking at this stuff. Like, oh, I've been such a bad person. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that it's about reflection and understanding that space of that origin of that judgment, which is about separation, which is about not listening to yourself, which is about suppressing a feeling and telling yourself that you're wrong and that you're bad or that's evil or, or wrong. You know, judgment and fear are very violent feelings. The impact that they have on our nervous system, on our bodies, on our minds, is very traumatic and people do not want to look at the mechanics and the structures of the belief systems behind their fear and their judgment because they do not want to understand how violent their minds actually are and they do not want to be responsible with how violent their projections actually are there's a whole other level of, of personal responsibility just accepting that, yeah, my thoughts are violent. I have violence in my head all the time, judgment and fear and anxiety. Those are violent energies. And the thing is, until we look at it, we don't understand it. We don't even understand that it's possible that, that this could even be a thing. And the reality of looking at this space is just understanding that this is the normal space that everyone occupies until they begin to discipline themselves and step back into observation and listen to themselves and to put distance between themselves and their belief structures of fear and judgment and anger so that they can create space 
to pull these limited belief structures in and heal. And the way that we do this is through personal discipline and meditation and meditation being uh, about listening and being safe with what's inside. So the discipline of going inside is really the key and it's all about listening. It's all about understanding that the space inside of us is safe and our conditioning and our fear-based ego has been telling us our entire lives that we are not safe inside. And this is something that we have to reclaim. We have to stop believing that we are not safe and we have to tell ourselves that, yes, I am safe. I am safe feeling all of these things. I am not going to lose control. I am not going to be overwhelmed. I am not going to feel unsafe because I am safe. You know, we have to look at everything that shows us and tells us that we are unsafe and accept that that space is the illusion. And the reality is that inside you actually are safe. And that's the big bridge. That's the big illusion. That's the big thing that our conditioning and our fears do not want us to look at. That going inside, we are safe. Wow, Kelly, that's a lot of amazing information there. Thanks so much for sharing all of that with us. There's a lot to ponder and to integrate. Thank you all for joining us today on The Open Door, and we look forward to next time. Be legendary. I'm your host, Kelly Manzanovich. Mm-hmm.